Blog Talk Radio. I was a hard-drinking sinner with blood on my hands. I was a hard-drinking sinner, a gun in my hands, drinking 40 pounds for dinner till I met a big man. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We really appreciate it. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Um, the last, I guess, the first weekend of May, and more than the last week of April, because last week of April would have been 
I guess, last week. So, uh, happy May, or as Hick would say, May. Um, I know, I'm so funny. And I cracked myself up. Oh, so, we had an event last night at the Capitol 360. We were partnering up with Paranormal Relief to... Um, for the frontline workers and the people have who have, you know, kept us safe during the pandemic. We had uh, a free investigation. If you work your frontline worker you know, or military, police, whatever, they come out, come out for a free investigation. And it was fun. Um, it was, uh, we didn't have quite as many people as we were hoping to have out there, but we understand that, you know, with what they do, the occupation, you know, you get busy. And if you have free time, you probably want to spend it with your family. So, um, like I said, we're disappointed in the numbers, but we understand why, why that was, uh, why that was what, was what happened. But the people who did show up, we, uh, we took them out into the, into the woods behind, behind the cabin and uh, they got some EVPs out there which was pretty cool. Um, and then uh, we took them into the Brick Rancher, and we're upstairs in the in Melissa's room. Now, Melissa is the young lady who was tragically killed in the house, and we were trying to contact her spirit and whoever else was there in the, in the, in the house. And we had a voice come through on one of our investigators' recorders, it said the word Mel. Now, of course, Mel is short for Melissa, but there was also a woman in there named Melanie. So we're not sure if, uh, excuse me, I think I coached you fast about to burp. And we're not sure if they were talking about Melissa or Melanie while we were, while we were in there. And um, we started getting hits on the, the Periscope 360. And for those of you who don't know, Periscope is like, it, it's a kind of like a K2, but I think it uses uh, static electricity. It detects static electricity instead of um, EMF. You guys right? Hmm. I think that's right. So um, that started going off. And then after that went, after that went off, uh, we started hearing these weird voices, like, not crazy, like, you know, but we were hearing, um, we were in the room, it was like four or five of us in the room, and uh, we started hearing things, first it sounded like whimpering, like, almost, I want to see it was like, first thing I could think of was a, a dog, maybe, but it didn't even sound like a dog, it was muffled, but it didn't sound like it was outside, it sounded like it was inside the house. And if it was a dog whimpering, and it was outside, we were, it was a brick house. We were in the room. The doors were shut. We're not going to hear a dog whimpering outside. So then I, then we started hearing, I, I heard a male's voice talking very, you can hear the, you can hear it, dialect, but it's muffled, so it's, you can't really hear the words they're saying. 
Then we heard a woman singing in the house. It was just a strange, strange um, occurrences that uh, that were happening last night. So, yeah, the house was pretty active last night. We had some good EVPs and, of course, all the singing. And I've not listened to my recordings yet, so I'm not sure if we picked up them up or not, to be honest with you. But they were so faint that I don't think that they were captured on, on recorder. But I have not checked my um, – Checked my uh, recording yet to see if they were captured or not. So, but it was a good time, you know. And uh, I'm sure the people who came out and joined us on the investigation had a good time. And uh, hopefully, we have an event coming up on the 15th of May. Um, this is actually being put on by us by Crop um, at the cabin, and uh, then on June 19th. Crop is putting on an event at um, Pamplin Park, um, which unfortunately I cannot come to, which is fine. Um, Angie's birthday is that weekend, so I'll be celebrating with her. But for those of you who can come out to the park, um, it is definitely a great location. It's like over 400 acres of um, so. And it's super active. And there's like lots of residual hauntings there, lots of uh, act like like intelligent hauntings as well. So, um, if you have a chance and you're in the neighborhood, you want to come out, spend the night on a freaking paranormal battlefield. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely worth it. You know, it's people want to spend the night on out. At Gettysburg all the time. This is a chance for you to come and actually investigate a paranormal battlefield, uh, a critical paranormal, critical Civil War battlefield, uh, and uh, and uh, use some of the um, equipment that uh, that ghost hunters use. It's going to be a lot of fun. So June nineteenth to the twentieth, I think that's the date. Ugh. Well, that's about it for um, news and notes. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of anything else. Um, our guest tonight, we I messaged them. Think back in October for something about coming on the show. And uh, it's just one thing, ha- one thing after another. They had they had commitment, and we had something else going on, and it was just and make it work. Yeah, to make it work. But you know what? We 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 stuck with it. We put our heads down. We worked worked it out, and uh, now we're happy to have the folks from Southern Souls Paranormal on the show with us tonight chat about, I think they're in Alabama or Arkansas. Well, we're going to find out. We're find out. I've never talked to anybody about Alabama before, or Arkansas, I don't think. So, either way, it'll be new. It'll, it'll be a, uh, a new, fresh experience for us. So, we're super excited to have them on the show. Let me go ahead and add the call right here. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hi. How are Hello. you? I'm doing, we're doing just fine. How are you? 
I'm doing just great. That is awesome. So uh, where exactly are you guys located? We're located in Florence, Alabama, the uh, top north, uh, northwest corner of the state of Alabama, uh, right up there next to Tennessee and Mississippi. Oh, Alabama. Yeah. We knew it was one of those states. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So um, you, if you could just introduce yourself and uh, we'll get started. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, my name is Dalton Harrell. Uh, I've been doing this for about six years. Started my team, Southern Souls Paranormal, at the age of 15. I've uh, stuck through it for uh, six years, like I said. And, uh, you know, I went through some teams. You know, I've, I've done some uh, uh, public events and uh, here recently, well, actually last year, um, I joined the Warren Legacy Foundation for Paranormal Research and started working with them. Um, but I've worked all types of cases, you know, uh, demonic cases, uh, earthbound stuff, and potentially, I don't know if this is 100% fact or not because it was never proven, um, but a potential um, encounter with a uh, skinwalker. Now, again, I don't know that was never proven to be legitimate or not, um, we just had caught um, some stuff on camera that we really couldn't explain. Wow. Wow. So with growing up, you said you start, started your team when you were, you were 15. Did you – were you always into the paranormal, just like, at a, at a really early age? How did you, how did you get the uh, bug, so to speak? Well, um, I wouldn't say I've always had an interest in it, but I've had experiences – uh, especially as a child, just like most people have, um, the sensations of being watched, seeing things out of the corner of my eye. Uh, you know, these things were, were happening to me at, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 10, 11 years old. Um, and, you know, I, I got thinking about it, you know, and, and some stuff happened to me whenever I was 14 and 15. And, you know, I, I, I kind of questioned, you know, are, are spirits real? Because I was told my entire life that, you know, ghosts aren't real, spirits aren't real. It's all in your head. But I knew there was something to it. I knew that there had to be some sort of explanation. So I started doing my research, and basically in my own mind, you know, I pretty much come to the conclusion that, yes, there are spirits out there, but I have to see it for myself to believe it. I have to capture something on camera uh, to, for me to genuinely 100% believe that spirits are real. Um, and so, you know, whenever I was 15, I started the team, you know, that's, that's what my primary goal was to see if there was an afterlife to see if, if, uh, ghosts and spirits were real. Uh, and I soon found that out to be uh, very true. Uh, and then, you know, I kind of shifted my, my goals towards helping people later that year, because, you know, whenever you're experiencing a haunting, who else are you going to call? I mean, you call the police department. What are they going to do? You call the fire department. What are they going to do? You know, there, there, there's there's only a small group of people that know how to handle a paranormal situation or paranormal activity, um, and even smaller group of people actually know how to fix the issue um, rather than just capture evidence. Um, so, so that's pretty much been my goal is to try and actually help people. Uh, whether that be to get them answers or to try and cross over a spirit. Uh, and crossing over a spirit is, you know, kind of like leading a horse to water. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink because of free will. Um, but, you know, I, I do everything that I can in my power to basically help the people that I serve, uh, which is also why I joined the Warren Legacy Foundation, um, to actually be able to serve more people and to help more people 
uh, and to also just gain more knowledge and, and do more research because it's something that has interested me uh, in the past six years. Yeah, I think a lot of times people, you know, they they they, they watch shows, they watch Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters. They'll see the evidence being caught on camera, but until you experience for yourself, you experience your first EVP or capture your first paranormal evidence. There's always that little bit of like, ah, eh, well, yeah, it's there. You know, it's it's not a hundred percent, you know, believable until yeah. you experience it for yourself. Um, oh, exactly. And then people, even people who experience it, still don't believe it, they, or they refuse to believe it. Um, which is frustrating, but you know, whatever. You can't. You can't much about them. Believe. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Uh, you know what? <clears throat> don't want to believe, and they 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 try to find excuse, any any excuse in the book, for for it not to be what's right in front of them. Yeah, you know, skepticism is uh, is great to have, especially if you're an investigator. You know, you want to be a, a skeptical believer, you know, as we call it. Um, you know, you, you've got to be able to try and think logically. Uh, not everything is a ghost, um, and not everything is a demon. Oh, certainly not, not everything is a demon. Um, you know, I, I've dealt with a lot of people, and – you know, I've dealt with some people who think that a, a harmless little ghost is a demon, uh, and I've seen investigators that think that ghosts are demons, and, and that's not really them being you know, ignorant. It's just that they were never really taught the correct ways to investigate and the correct ways to identify things. It is a very uh, difficult field to, I guess, wrap your head around on some things, um, but, but it can be taught. It can be learned, um, but… You know, that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves is, you know, I, I get contacted or a team contacts me to help them with a case, and it's demonic, and it, it turns out to be just a, a human spirit. But that's because they did not have the, um, the, the correct knowledge to actually go about identifying what was actually uh, at the residence or at the location. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's what I also try to do is try to educate people as well. Um, you know, I, I'm, I by no means know everything. I don't. No one knows everything, but uh, I do know quite a bit. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm able to uh, actually educate people. And uh, several months ago, I actually stopped doing uh, courses. They were just free courses or something to kind of give me something to do. But you know, I did courses for probably about four months, uh, and then it just got overwhelming, so I ended up having to stop. But you know, educating people is also another one of my big goals as well. Yeah, it doesn't help. That when you watch Turn the Travel Channel or, you know, shows on whatever Discovery Channel, whatever, and they're, they're talking about demonic stuff every 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 other episode, they make it sound like that you know it's demonic yeah. stuff going happening all over the place. Yeah, and I mean that's just simply not true. You know, my my belief on demons and possessions is that. Um, you know, yes, possession is real. Uh, is it rare? Yes. Are demons rare? Yes. But they're more common today because they have more avenues to go through to actually uh, uh, possess or oppress a person. I mean, you've got all these different avenues through uh, television. Um, you've got the, um, you know, the websites, and then you've got uh, radio and all these other different avenues for something negative to attach to you. Um, at least that's my belief. But, you know, um, 
demons are, are more more common today than they were 100 years ago, but today they are still very rare. Um, in my six years, I've only worked one true demonic case, maybe two. Um, the second one could not have been actually proven, um, but I'm just going to go ahead and say one because we did prove it to be demonic. Now, do you think whole thing with demonic stuff is it more common because with social media and like television and stuff, the word can spread um, a lot easier than it, than it did back in the day. Like there could have been a lot of demonic cases back in like the early 1900s, but nobody knew about them really because the word didn't spread. Nowadays, something happens in I don't know some some like Thailand or something. And it's all over the internet. If you like yeah. demonic position uh, in Thailand, I'm not, you know. So I, I agree to you know a certain extent with you there, but I mean you know look at look at the world in the last fifty years, you know the the negativity that is you know uh, enveloped with you know the people of you know our planet, just the the, the citizens of Earth. Um, you know, there's a lot more negativity going around, especially in a lot the last 50 years. Um, you know, I can't really, you know, uh, say I've experienced all of the negativity in the last 50 years because I'm only 21. But, um, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, with, with there being more negativity, there has to be a cause to that. Um, you know, I'm not saying that everyone's possessed by demons, but I'm saying with, where there's negativity, negativity is going to follow like attracts like. Um, you know, and if you're a, a negative person or a bad person, you're going to have a very negative energy and a very bad energy around you, uh, and that's going to attract negative entities. Um, so, yeah, I, I do agree with you, but I also, you know, think it had something to do with just just how the world has become as well. With going back to this, the whole social media and negative, you could spread negativity a lot easier now through social media posts and stuff like that. But you also you also spread positivity the same way. So yeah, it's, it's I, a good agree, thing. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time. It, it is. You know, most people choose the, the, you know, the negative side of things rather than they, they choose the positive side of things. But, you know, if, if people would become more positive, it would change the world drastically. Um, you know, it only takes a few people to start a, to start a revolution to, to change the world. It really does. Um, you know, if, if once you have a, a few people, then those few people are going to, uh, you know, enlighten a few more people, and it's just going to continue to grow. And you know, again, only a few people can change the world. It's not impossible. I mean, look at social media influencers. Um, you know, look at how popular they are. If they chose to be more positive, um, and you know, uh, things like that, the world would change. Yeah, and plus when you you have you can use social media for you know being able to help people, um, people who need help, like like people come to you for help at their house. They can contact you through social media, where before they wouldn't really know where to go to find someone mm-hmm. to investigate um, the paranormal and. Uh, and that's that's the good thing. That's definitely a bonus. In place, it's, you know, there's a lot more acceptance of the paranormal and spiritual awakening through social media. 
and mm-hmm. you, you you don't feel like you're alone when you have yeah. these experiences or you have this interest. Hey, I want to get into the paranormal. Well, these all these people are into it too. You don't feel like you're a weirdo or feel like you know feel like you're ostracized because you want to um, waken yourself more spiritually. I want to get into meditation. We'll hear these people who are into it too. You know, so it's there. That's the good part of the social media spectrum. Yes, I, I do agree with you there. I mean, it's good and bad to everything, I guess. That's what makes the world go round. Yeah, as you said earlier, there is a there's a you know it could be used for negativity or it could use for, be used for positivity. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, like I said, most people want to use it for negativity. Um, but you know, now do you um do you do you remember your first like paranormal experience like the one that made you think oh crap this is actually real. Um, well, the, the, the first paranormal experience that I had, and this was while I was doing my research, but it was before I started my team, you know, I was, I mean, we live in Alabama. We don't get a lot of earthquakes here, but I tried to explain it away as an earthquake. Well, you know, I'm, you know, sleeping and I've got this football in a plexiglass case and it's on a shelf above my bed. It's, you know, a signed football. Um, and in the middle of the night, it falls, and it, this this shelf is about a foot and a half wide, pushed all the way back to the wall. Now, I, I couldn't explain logically how something like that could just slide off a foot and a half, uh, and then whenever it slid off, it actually hit me in the chest and woke me up. Uh, it startled me, but, you know, I couldn't really explain that. You know, I, I, I wanted to say, okay, well, maybe it was an earthquake. Well, the we, we get you know, 1.0s, 2.0s here. We don't get anything real big, not big enough to do that. Um, And then for the next three nights after that happened, um, I would wake up on the ground. I'd fallen out of my bed. And this was whenever I was 14 or 15 years old. You know, I couldn't explain that. I've never done it before in my life, never fallen out of bed, even even whenever I was a, a, a baby. You know, I'd never fallen out of bed. I was always... You know, uh, I slept in the center of the bed, but for whatever reason, after, you know, that, that football fell on me, for three nights, I woke up on the ground. Did you wake up around the same time every night, or was it different times? Well, see, at, at, at the time, you know, I was living with my, my mother and my stepdad, and, um, you know, they, they had actually heard me fall the third night. And what had actually happened was I hit the side of my head and actually knocked myself unconscious. Um, but every time it happened, I would wake up on the ground un- until that final night whenever they put me back in my bed. But, you know, I, I wouldn't really wake up um, at any specific time. I'd wake up, you know, during the you know daylight hours. Um, you know, it wasn't like mm-hmm. 3 a.m. or anything like that. You know, it'd be 6, 7 a.m., whatever. Um, but... I guess what confused me and, um, you know, kind of startled me was that why am I on the ground? Why am I, you know, uh, how, how did I fall out and not know? Um, so it makes me wonder if, if I'd actually fallen out and maybe I was just in such a deep sleep that I didn't know or if possibly I, I'd got knocked unconscious all three times. Um, you know, I don't know. 
Uh, I would always wake up with a, a sore head after that, not one particular spot. You know, it wasn't like I hit my head on the right-hand side, but I always wake up with a headache. Um, so, so that does kind of make me feel like, you know, maybe I did knock myself unconscious or I just hit my head pretty hard uh, and did knock myself unconscious. But I would always wake up with a headache, um, you know, those, those three nights. And it's never happened again. Um, you know, that was the only time that it had ever happened, those three nights. Was there any more paranormal activity that happened to you during in that location, that house? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I mean, like I said, this just occurred whenever I was fourteen or fifteen. So um, I want to say this was, you know, somewhere in my first year of investigating. Um, you know, I, I would get new equipment, I tested out in my house. Well, I learned very quickly that's not a good idea, uh, so I don't do it no more. Um, but you know, I, I had a static camera set up. Um, because we would hear things, we would hear bangs, and we would see things out of the corner of our eye. Well, you know, I had woke up one night, and you know, like I said, this, this static camera was set up in the living room facing the hallway. Um, I got up, and I guess I got to went to go get something to drink. I mean, this was late at night. I don't remember exactly what time it was, probably around twelve or one. Um, and, and you know, at first you see me, and you see my shadow, and then you see a bigger shadow. You know, this shadow was probably about right foot tall. And it freaked my mother out and it freaked me out. Um, you know, and, and at that point, I set an alarm. Um, anyway, um, so it, it, it freaked me out and it freaked my mother out. Um, and it definitely freaked my stepdad out as well. Um, and, and from that point on, I never set up any more cameras in the house. Um, you know, going to investigations is one thing, but whenever you're in your your, your safe space, your own home, you know, it, it does kind of get to you uh, a little bit differently. It, it bothers you a little bit, you know, more than, you know, you go into someone else's house and doing an investigation because you actually live there, um, and it, it does bother you. Now, we still have activity. I, I know we do, um, but it, it doesn't really, you know, bother us. You know, we've just become used to it. Um, you know, it is human spirits. We've done determine that, um, but it's never really been negative outside of you know me being pushed out of bed or falling out of bed. But um, you know, other than that, that was really the the most notable thing that has happened to me early on in my career as an, or career as an investigator. So yeah, I'm I'm always on the fence about investigating That's your own house as far as I know I don't know it's it's some people some people think it's a good idea well if you don't you don't investigate your own house why would you investigate someone else's my my point of view is well you know these people are inviting us to come investigate their house so it's not like we're just showing up and say hey let us investigate um it's it's uh if you're not prepared for what you're going to find out I wouldn't I wouldn't do it you know yeah the, the, the thing was with me is that, you know, I, I, I don't really want to um, – and, and this is why I really stopped, you know, investigating my house. I was early on in my career. I did not know anything about, you know, uh, trying to remove entities or, or spirits from homes. I, I did not do that. I, I had no clue how to do that. That's why I stopped. Now, today, you know, I'd be more willing to investigate my own home, but, you know, I just don't really see a point in it anymore. I know there's stuff there. 
Um, you know, it, it's not really that I have the urge to communicate with it anymore. Um, but, you know, whenever things are happening in your own home, it, 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 it hits closer to, to home. You know, it, it's, it, it becomes bothersome, you know. And yeah. that was my thought process, you know, early on. Um, but, you know, it's important to know that whatever type of investigation you're doing, whatever you think's there, you need to have a remedy for what's there. Um, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. You're going into someone's house, stirring up the activity, and, you know, you're leaving. You're not going to experience that activity ever again unless they, by chance, call you back after you, um, you know, uh, worsened their activity and, and messed it up and, and made it just a lot worse. Um, so, um, you know, it, it, it is important to have a, a remedy for every situation. And if you don't have one, try and find someone who does. Uh, the paranormal field is somewhat a tight-knit community. You know, everybody pretty much knows everybody. Um, you know, ask around, you know, for help. And that's another thing. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, nobody knows everything. I don't know everything. You know, some of the, the best people in the paranormal field, they don't know everything. Some of them act like they do. But, uh, you know, no one knows everything. Um, so always, you know, ask. Yeah, whenever whenever we go out and the family, the family needs help and they, they want us to come out, we'll investigate, we'll figure out what's there. And then if they want, they want us to to do a blessing, then we have someone um, that can do that and save the house and, and uh, you know, finish the job, so to speak. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, you, do you want to, like, investigate the house, get them riled up and be like, all right, cool, well, you have ghosts here. Here's the evidence. Bye. You know, we want to. Yeah, that's what most people it can do. It can't be for help. Yeah, they they contact you to help them. Now, you know, if they just want to know what's there, then that's fine. You know, that's okay to, mm-hmm. to give them the evidence, explain it to them, you know, and then head out. But, you know, if they're asking you, hey, I want these things out of my house, then you either agree to it or you don't agree to it. If you don't agree to it, then you probably don't know how to, to, to get rid of them. And some people who agree to it also wouldn't know how to get rid of them. They just want the evidence to post on Facebook. Um and that's the sad part. Most people are out to get famous, and you know I'm not really for that. That's the thing about evidence. It's it's all like, like I get a if I get an EVP from a house here in Richmond, and you get an EVP from a house down there in Alabama, it's no there's no difference. You know, it's a class A EVP. It's a class A EVP. You know, mm-hmm. getting doing this for evidence sake. Is kind of a fool's errand because, you know, nothing really stands out anymore. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's cool. It's cool evidence. It's it's cool that you got it, but me getting uh, an EVP at some residence in in Richmond and you get an EVP from like Waverly Hills is still an EVP. You know, it's yeah. it's all about understanding where the EVP came from and just and just you know. Looking at it from that point of view, don't don't try to get, don't try to be famous from you know you know evidence because that's that's not going to work out for you because there's so many teams putting so much evidence out there. You know. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, but like I said, that's just the sad part about the field. You know, you do have people that um, that that want to get famous, 
But then you also have some really good investigators who genuinely want to help people. And that's what I try to surround myself with, you know, people who, uh, you know, have good hearts. They want to help people. That's, that's the type of people that are in my circle. Um, you know, I, I don't really – I don't take very much to, to fame chases, so to speak. Um, it's just I, – I just don't like it. Well, you're, yeah, you're basically – I'm not trying to – Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry, I wasn't trying – I say I wasn't trying to discourage people from putting out evidence and stuff. You know, it's it's great. I put out evidence from the stuff we captured up we capture up here. You know, it's great to share your 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 experiences, to share evidence, put your evidence out there. You know, but if you're looking to get famous okay. from a clip, you know, it's it's that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, people should be you know able to post their evidence. I'm I'm for that, but. You know, whenever they do use to try and get famous, that that kind of crosses the line because you're using someone, you're you're basically using, uh, you know, a client to chase your fame, to chase fame, and you know, I, I don't I don't like that. That's the way that I view it. But you know, I even post evidence, but you know, I don't ever really use it for to to get famous. You know, if I get one like or if I get a hundred likes, okay, just fine. You know, it, it doesn't really matter to me. You know, how many likes I get or how many likes I don't get. Um, you know, the point is I want to put it out there and I want to let people see it, you know, but I don't want to make money off of it. I don't want to get famous from it. Yeah. It's, uh, that's a good attitude to have because it just means your, your heart's in the right place. You know, Mm -hmm. putting stuff out there for fame, it's just not, it's not going to work out too well. No, it's not, and the, the thing is, is that people are going to notice that pretty quick. Um, you know, the, I'm, I'm sure, as you know, everybody knows, uh, the paranormal field can be fierce, um, you know, but that's the thing about it. It can be good and it can be bad, um, but, you know, it can be it can be aggressive at times, and, and people will, um, you know, call someone out for, for doing something like that. The, the genuine good-hearted people won't let that fly. Yeah, it's 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 lots there's lots of uh I don't say competition, but there's there's like they'll call it people will call each other out on bullshit. Because there's there's all these new investigators coming in every day. Um, you know, we're you know, the, the paranormal field is growing and there's all these new investigators coming in and you know, they're they're following these people who are who are trying to get famous who are um, you know, uh, 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 what's the word? Um, uh, uh, I forget what you what you call it or what the word is. I just had a brain fart, I guess. Um, but basically, uh, you know, uh, doing things the wrong way. You don't want to uh, basically harass a spirit or provoke a spirit. That's the word I was looking for. Provoke. Um, yeah. You know, you've got people that do that. You've got people that provoke demons. You've got people that provoke spirits. You know. And, 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 you know, the people that are just now joining the paranormal field, you know, they look at that and they're like, okay, that's okay. And then they go out and do it if they get injured or they make uh, a haunting even worse if they're dealing with a, with a client who needs help. Uh, and they're in there provoking a spirit and using religious provocation when they shouldn't be, uh, especially if they don't know how to use it and when to use it. They can really mess things up. And, um, you know, I, I just I, I, that's, that's another thing about me. I don't, I don't. That's another reason why I don't like the, the fame chasers, because of that. You know, 
those are the people who's going to basically be the be the face of the paranormal field for these new people. Um, you know, and you know they're going to be learning from them, and they're going to be learning the wrong way. I think a lot of people don't real what a, what a lot of people don't realize is when when they're watching these TV shows that they're 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 there to make money. They're there to, there to be entertaining. Well, they're there to give people what they want, and that's a story, excitement, and some ghosts, whether they're real or fluffed up ghosts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, uh... you know, I'm not saying that what of them they do is not real, or it's not like you know, there's not history there that can make it real. But, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of sparkle added to the, the stories, you know. They want to sell. Because that's what they're there for. They want to sell episodes, yeah. If they – watching people investigate, like – Every show of someone sitting in the dark talking to themselves is not going to go far. Yeah, I, 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 I would not sit there and watch this irregular because it's like – You wouldn't watch it, it, it but you do it every Well, time. I do it. I'll do it, yeah. <laughs> but watching it – Watching other people do it and actually do it myself is a is a lot different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. Oh yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, uh, real investigations can be extremely boring, um, and you know a lot of people think, oh, it's just like it is on TV. No, it's not. Um, you're going to be nope. sitting in a room, like you said, Try for again. hours on end, taking a TV recorder. Um, you know, uh, asking questions in the dark. Sometimes you just feel like you're talking to yourself. And, you know, a lot of times you are. There's nothing there to listen to you. Um, but occasionally something will be there to listen to you and something will be there to, to answer your question. Um, you know, and whenever you, whenever you hear that EVP, that kind of gives you a, a little energy boost. I'm like, okay, well, let's, uh, let, let, you know, do some more EVP sessions. Let's see if we're picking up anything in this room. You know, um, you can get very tired very quickly. Because it is boring a lot of the time. I mean, like I said, you're sitting in a room for hours on end, you know, trying to talk to the spirit, you know. Um, it, it's not all uh, you know, hearing bangs and stuff like that getting scared. More likely that's not going to happen, at least in my experience. Um, you know, it, 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 it's extremely boring. And that's something that people have to know coming in. It's not like what you see on TV. Well, I, I, I'd use, a, use this comparison a lot. I compare it to fishing. You know, you sit there in a pond for hours at, at, at a time. You may get a bite or two, or you could get you could get a bucket full of fish. You don't know, but a lot of time it's yeah. just sitting in sitting and waiting. You know, asking yeah, that's, questions that's, that's, is like yeah. casting a lure. You know, you don't you know like cast you know, you don't know if you're going to response. You don't know if you're going to get a hit or not. But when you do, and lots of times you don't realize you get the hit until you know when you're home. Doing their review, like yeah. oh shit, I did get something there. <laughs> yeah, usually whenever whenever we're doing a lot of EVPs, and you know, because I don't actually review them on, uh, at location, you know, it really just depends on the situation. But nine times out of ten, I won't, because it does take up a lot of time. It does. Um, usually, what I'll do is whenever whenever we've done you know four or five EVP sessions, you know. Uh, throughout the course of an hour, hour and a half, I'll start moving towards other types of equipment uh, to where it's direct communication. You're actually uh, able to hear uh, the spirit in real time talking to you, um, you know, or, or, or EMF meters using those to get spikes with to verify um, that there is a spirit presence if you just heard a voice. Um, you know, and that's the thing. A lot of people think that, 
if you get a hit on an EMF meter, that means there's a ghost there. No, it doesn't. Now, if you get a voice through a spirit box and you get a hit on the EMF meter, that's more believable. But just because you get a hit on the EMF meter alone does not mean it's a spirit. And that's with anything. You need to have at least two pieces of equipment to validate, um, you know, an experience, to, to validate activity, to prove that it actually happened. What's your favorite piece of equipment to use when you're investigating? Uh, I don't really, I don't really have one. I've been doing it for so long. I pretty much hate them all. They're all, they're all the pain, <laughs> especially the SLS camera. But, but if I had to pick a favorite one, um, you know, it would probably, it would probably have to be a, a, a digital still camera. And that's not something that I believe you hear a lot of. You'll usually hear, oh, the Oculus or the, the SLS camera or the EVP recorder. Well, I, I say the, the digital still camera because I've caught a lot of amazing things with the digital still camera, you know, shadows and figures and stuff like that and faces as well. Um, you know, that's just that's just what has worked the best for me in the in the last six years. Um, you know, I've gotten a lot of cool evidence with that, so that's why it's my favorite. Hey, you know, whatever works best for you. You know, I I prefer I prefer more I'm more EVPs. Um, like I, I use the recorder on my cell phone, and it seems to work very well. I've caught a lot of very awesome EVPs on here. So I guess it's whatever you know. Got I've got members on my team who uh, love the SLS camera, and I, I realize that very soon they're going to despise that piece of equipment because it's such a pain to carry around and, and to get it really set up. It, it is a pain. Um, and me personally, I just I, I don't rely on the SLS camera like many other investigators do, because of the fact that it's shooting out uh, you know infrared lasers and it's basically being used to uh, detect uh, or, or depth perception really. If I'm not mistaken, uh, that's how it works. If you're if you're looking at a, a, a the corner of a wall and something is there, walk in front of it. If it goes away you know, and doesn't come back, then, you know, more than likely that were, if it goes away and then comes back, it more than likely was just, you know, it, it looks like a, a, an apparition or a human being to the SLS camera. And same thing with chairs, for whatever reason, chairs also uh, tend to give a skeletal figure as well. So, uh, you know, those, those get debunked all the time by me. Um, that and uh, coats. Are also a, a big thing with SLS camera. Those will pick up real quick. Uh, you know, although it's it's giving a skeletal figure, it's not paranormal, and that's why I really don't like the SLS camera that much. It can, it can be very vital, but it can also just be a, a real pain and kind of get in the way and not be really useful at all sometimes. Yeah, it's it's neat to have, but it's nothing like well, I've got to have this. For, for the evidence to be verified or not, yeah. you know, if I get if I get a voice on my recorder that I know was not there, that's enough for me, you know. Mm-hmm. It's or like in you with you take a picture with digital camera, you know that person was standing there when you took the picture, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess to, to to each his own, I guess. So, do you have any? favorite locations around the area that you like to investigate? Um, yeah, I don't really just, I don't really go to locations just for fun. Um, you know, I, I've done some 
done uh, two paid investigations, um, you know, in the same town. But other than that, I, I don't really have a have a favorite location. Um, you know, they're they're pretty much all the same to me. Um, you know, you get activity, you go home. You know, there's there's not a whole lot that you know really sticks out to me. Now there are a couple locations where you know I've gotten a ton of EVPs. Um, you know, I've had some scary encounters, but you know, other than that, I don't really have a, a favorite location. But if I had to pick one, it would probably be uh, the old Southern Funeral Home in Kosciuszko. Whenever I did a public event there, you know, we were taking a group photo, and we had the camera set up and everything, and you know, we're we're basically looking into the foyer. Okay, well, there's a big open space, and there's windows around it. Um, you know, the camera's about to go off, or it just went off. It was either about to go off or just went off. I can't remember. But um, either way, we all were looking in the same direction, and I would say probably about 60% of the people that were there, me included, all seen the same thing, an apparition. Just walk right on by. You could see it through the windows. You could see it in the doorway, and you could see it through the other windows, and it just vanished. Um, and we all seen it. Sixty percent of us seen it. So not all of us, but but about sixty percent of us had had seen that. So that would probably be around fifteen people that all seen the same thing at the same time. Um, now you know I, I have to be kind of careful with saying fifteen people because some people, I'm sure you know this. If you say, oh well, I seen this, they'll say, oh well, I seen that too. Whether they're they're actually believe they've seen something or maybe they're just trying to go along with it. You know, but I do yeah. know for a fact that it, that it, that at least, at the very least, eight people also saw it because I seen their reactions whenever I seen it, um, and it, it was it was crazy. I mean, that's that's the first time something like that's ever happened uh, to me in front of a bunch of different people. Um, you know, and, and we had some we had some interesting evidence there, some disembodied voices. Um, we uh, had some pretty cool activity on the uh, 360 periscope. Uh, which I nicknamed the straw machine because um, it looks like a bunch of straws coming out of it. Um, yeah, it but, does. Yeah, um, but we we had we had some pretty cool activity with that. I mean, we basically asked it, okay, make it go red, make it go blue, make it go green, and it did every time. Um, you know, and I, I put my hand in front of it, and it was uh, lit up in the the opposite direction of my hand. And then I said, touch my hand. You could just see that device just slowly start lighting up towards my hand and you know I did feel a, a, a cold sensation and a tingle on my hand and you know to me that was validation because not only did I feel it but I just uh, witnessed the uh, the 360 periscope uh, you know pretty much do a full or, or half a 360 or 180 and stop at my hand at the same time that I felt that that cold chill in my palm and tingle um, so that was definitely very interesting um, but the the scariest location that I've probably ever been to, and, and this one's local, and this was uh, uh, a, a client that actually contacted me about it. Um, and this was uh, back in 2018, the uh, September of 2018. Um, you know, they, they contacted me, said that there were all sorts of different things going on, uh, loud footsteps, voices, sounds of a radio, if I'm not mistaken, uh, doors slamming, doors opening. Um, they've seen some figures. Um, and they've just had some some very unexplainable things happen, um, you know, uh, including a, a picture falling onto the one of the client's foot and ended up having to get stitches and just things like that that they just really couldn't explain. Um, 
And, you know, I, I decided to do an investigation, you know, and uh, probably about halfway through the interview, they're like, I think we've got a demon in our home. And I'm like, uh, okay. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, all right. I hear that a lot. Um, I didn't realize that, you know, you know, at, at the time that, you know, it really was demonic. And this is the, the first demonic case that I ever worked. Um, and I, I made a mistake with it, um, you know, whenever we actually did the investigation. Uh, my team was running late. I was there first. I met the clients and everything. Um, and, you know, after they left, they did not want to be there during the investigation. They refused to stay there, which is something that I don't see very often. You know, most people there are like, okay, well, we can just go or we can, you know, stay here or whatever. You know, I give them that option. You know, if they want to stay or if they want to go, most people are like, oh, well, I want to stay or eh, it's okay, I'll go. But they were very, very, um, you know, uh, that they they were, you know, reluctant to stay. They they wanted to leave. There there's no way that they were going to stay there. Um, well, anyway, you know, I start the investigation by myself. Big mistake. Um, you know, and for the first hour, nothing really happened. And you know, after the first hour, you know, I remember them telling me that, you know, a lot of activity happens outside of the living room. But if you're in there and you're not doing anything or you're just not focused on the activity then things will start happening because they feel like it's trying to get your attention. Um, uh, you know, so you know, I thought, okay, well, I'll just turn on the TV and, you know, watch some TV for a minute and see if anything happens, and it did. Um, you know, out of the corner of my eye, I seen this, this apparition just peek around the corner, and as soon as I seen it, I looked, and I seen it again. This time, both of my eyes were on it directly, and I seen it again, and it poked its head out uh, twice. And it just disappeared. And I, it looked so real to me because it wasn't translucent. Um, you know, I couldn't tell if it casted the shadow or not because it was it was in a pretty dim room anyway. Um, and it was extremely quick also. But you know, I couldn't tell, you know, if it cast the shadow, but it did not look like it was translucent. Um, so I get up and, you know, I, I'm immediately call, I'm calling the, the clients. I'm like, have you seen this? Have you seen, uh, you know, this, this white figure? I mean, it, it, it looks like a, um, uh, what's the word? Um, I can't think of it, but, but basically it was just completely white. Um, it was almost like a, a extremely bright white. But anyway, I, I turned around the corner and I didn't see it. But I thought there was a, a real person there because it did not appear to be translucent. So I turn around the corner, and it's not there, and I just get this feeling like I'm being rushed from behind, like something is running up behind me. Um, you know, I immediately, I bolt out that front door, and, you know, I'm gone for probably two hours because at that point I realize, okay, well, maybe me being back here or out here by myself is probably not the best idea. So I, I left, and, you know, I waited for my team to meet me um, at the nearest gas station, and, you know, they did, and, um we went back and everything, and they pretty much made fun of me because, you know, they thought I was messing with them or, you know, being a little overdramatic. Well, it turns out I wasn't. Um, uh, they had this, almost the same experience as I did, um, and it, it really – I think it really shook them. Wow. That's that's uh, that's incredible. Um, but we're just about out of time here, so I want to give you guys you the chance to plug um, your team – you know anything? Any pages you guys have you want to you want you want to promote? Um, this is your opportunity. 
All right. Well, uh, you can find me on, you know, me personal on Facebook, Dalton Harrell. Uh, you can reach out to me that way. Um, you can also reach out to my team page, Southern Souls Paranormal. And again, that is on Facebook. And you can also find uh, the Warren Legacy Foundation, which I mentioned earlier in the show. You can find them on Facebook as well. Uh, there's definitely a lot of cool things coming in the future. And I hope, you know, a lot of you will, will go check out that page and, and give it a like. Well, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show and chatting with us tonight. Um, we'll, we'll be in touch, and maybe we can have you back on to talk some more okay. about what you've captured. Yeah, sounds great. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot for your time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, no problem. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you take care. And be safe All out right, there. Bye-bye. All right, All right bye. you too. Bye-bye. So that was fun. I enjoyed that conversation. Now we're going to be at the beach next week. We do have a team. Uh, we have a we have a we have a show next week. We have Fred Scheidenberg coming on the show next week. So we may be doing a show live from the outer the outer, outer banks. banks the outer banks. So um, that'll be fun. So we'll be back next week. Same freaking awesome time. Same freaking awesome channel, but not the same, same freaking, freaking awesome, awesome location. Exactly. So we will talk to you next week. Again, thank you very much, Dalton Harrell from Southern Souls Paranormal, for coming on and chatting with us. Again, it's pretty cool talking to someone from Alabama. First time. I've, talked, I've, actually, I've met someone from Alabama. I've never actually talked to anybody in Alabama before. So wow. that's cool. I like to be able to talk to a paranormal team from every state. That's my goal. That's a good goal. Yeah, so that's that's what I want to do. Um, so, all right. Anyways, guys, thank you again for tuning in. We always appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you next week. And, oh, shoot, a- Angie and I, we have our own YouTube page. We've been keeping up, keeping up Parker, Park, Parker Joneses. We, uh, we'll basically have been uploading old videos onto it, but, you know, we'll get some new videos on there. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah, we'll get to it. You know, it's a new thing for us. It's been a rough year. Thanks. Yeah, not much going on, but we, we've got some adventures coming up. We go to this part We're going to the beach here in a few days, so we'll uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated, keep you posted, and don't forget next week we'll be back with Fred Scheidenberger. Scheidenberger? Scheidenberger. I'm not sure. One of the two. We'll figure it out. I'll figure it out by the time Sunday gets comes around, so... We'll talk to you later. Have a good night. Love you. Good night. What did I say love you for? I don't know. I, I, I yeah. <laughs> we do love you guys. We do love you guys. We will talk to you soon. Bye.